G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Worship means different things to different people. It's a religious thing. It's singing songs. It's a concert with a light show. It's, well, who knows what. But the question we need to ask ourselves is what exactly does worship mean to God? Bernie Diamond, thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a new series of messages called Worship as a Way of Life, because to God, worship is more, so much more, than just singing songs. So let's get into God's Word to discover what this whole worship thing is all about. And please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free booklet that I'd love to send you. It's called Living an Authentic Life, to help you live a life of worship, the sort of life that impacts others the way God always intended. Well, it's great to be with you again this week, and we're starting a new series on the program that I've called Worship as a Way of Life. When we hear the word worship, well, what does it mean? I mean, people who don't have any particular faith in God, it's something, well, those religious people over there in churches or in temples do. Maybe it's candles and incense or or something that happens over there somewhere, not something that I do. And for some Christians, well, that's what we do on Sunday morning at church before the sermon. We, we sing songs. That's our worship time. I guess both of those would be true in part. But the notion of worship from where God sits is so much bigger and, and broader than that. Not some religious ritual, not just some musical event. When we worship someone or something, we put it above all other things. We pay homage to it. In fact, it directs our lives. We'll sacrifice other things, even though those things are very dear to us, for the sake of the person or the thing that we worship. We all worship something. I mean, I used to worship money and success and recognition. It was the thing that my whole life was centred on and, and, and ordered around. I sacrificed my health, my family, my rest, everything for these things that I worshipped. And actually, when you look back on it, I was really worshipping myself. We can all look at our lives and ask, what's at the centre of the life? I mean, what's, what's right up there at the top? Who or what do I worship? And we know the answer to that when we look at the sacrifices we make for that thing and ask ourselves really and truly, who or what... Am I making these sacrifices for? What's at the centre of my life? Is it career? Is it my family? I mean, honestly ask ourselves, what is at the centre of my life? Look at the sacrifices and that's who or what we're actually worshipping. Now, we all have different elements to our lives. 
obviously we need to make some sacrifices sometimes. The whole thing of being a parent is sacrificing for our children. And, and sure, sometimes at work we have to make sacrifices. But if we get those out of balance, I mean, you see parents who self-actualize through their children, through their children's dancing or through their children's academic achievement, and all of a sudden... It's completely out of balance. Some people sacrifice their whole lives to their jobs and, and lose their families. I know what that's like. And so there is a balance and there is a right way of sacrificing to different things. But if we take just one thing and get it out of whack, day after day, month after month, we sacrifice and sacrifice, and this one thing rises above all of those other things, then chances are... That's what we're worshipping. The notion of sacrifice is an essential part of worship. It's not new. The very first time that worship is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 5. Abraham was promised by God a son, and ultimately, after many, many years, he had that son, Isaac. But Abraham had to go through a lot of trials and a lot of uncertainty over a quarter of a century before finally, in his old age, this son Isaac was born to him. And so, not surprisingly, when Isaac finally arrives, Abraham dotes on this kid. I mean, absolutely dotes on him, because here was the fulfillment of God's promise. He never thought it would happen. He never thought he would have an heir. But God was faithful, and God gave him his son Isaac with his wife Sarah. But God saw that Abraham was starting to put Isaac before God himself. And so he called on Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. C can you imagine that? To take him and put him on an altar and put him to death. What an incredibly painful thing to do. And on that morning, when they journeyed to where God had called them to be, out to that place... Abraham said to his servant, Stay here with a donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we'll come back. Can you imagine the tussle that was going on in Abraham's heart? Is God first in my life? Or is Isaac first in my life? Do I put Isaac before God? Is it God or my son? See, we think we're worshipping God sometimes, but when we look at our lives and ask some hard questions like, how do I spend all my time? How do I spend my money? How do I spend my energies? How do I spend my passions? Where are my dreams? Like Abraham, we can get a real shock. Let's read on the rest of the story. Pick it up at Genesis chapter 22 at verse 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took his knife to slay his son. But an angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. 
Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. What God was doing here was testing Abraham's heart. Who do you worship, Abraham? Who do you put first in your life? And at the end of this, both God and Abraham knew the answer to that question. Now that I see you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Can I ask you quietly yet deliberately, who or what do you worship? When it comes to the crunch, the one thing on this earth that is most important to you, would you be prepared to lay it down for the Lord your God? All your hopes and dreams and future and life and career, everything, is God exalted above all those other things in our lives? Worshipping God is about adopting a God above all position in every part of our lives. Singing songs of worship is great. But do we bow down our lives before God? Do we put God before anything or anyone else? In our hearts, do we worship God? When you look at the Ten Commandments, look at the very first one in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You will have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them and worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Now, would the first commandment be about singing songs? No. The first commandment is about who we put first. It's about who we worship. The question is, do we worship God with our lives? I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. No one likes a hypocrite. You don't, I don't. And yet so many of God's people, Christians, come across to others as being just that, hypocrites. And that's sad because God means for us, you and me, to have a powerful impact in this world. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Living an Authentic Life, full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you be all that God made you to be. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. All right, let's get back into God's Word to discover the heart of worship. The heart is an important place. One of the most common things that's talked about through the Scriptures is the heart. In fact, it's mentioned 534 times. Several times, Jesus made the point that who we are on the outside is a reflection of what's going on in our hearts. In Matthew chapter 12, he says, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And again, in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus says, But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, 
And these are the ones that make a man unclean, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. See, for me, here is the biggest danger in thinking about worship. Well, I go to church most Sundays, we sing songs, therefore I worship, then I go home. It's kind of like saying, well, I live in the same house and sleep in the same bed as my wife or, or husband. I peck them on the cheek in the morning before I go to work. Once a week I make sure I tell them I love you. Therefore, I love them. See how crazy that is? I mean, my wife isn't interested in a ritual. She wants to know, does my husband love me with all his heart? And do I see that reflected in the way he lives and acts towards me? That's why Jesus, when he was asked what was the most important of all the commandments, answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. In other words, with what's going on inside you and with what you do. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Worship is something that, that comes from the heart. It's an overflow of what's happening inside us. It lives there first and foremost. And then it's reflected on the outside in our lives. If we just do worship once a week, it's a sham. I mean, I've been there, standing in church, singing songs, mind wandering off somewhere else. That's not worship. That's not what God is looking for any more than a quick peck on my wife's cheek is really loving her. Worship comes from the heart. King David knew that. Listen to what he writes in Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, because he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who doesn't lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. David's saying here, God created the heavens and the earth and he owns them all, and if I want to ascend to the hill of the Lord, which meant go to the temple and worship him, I have to have clean hands and a pure heart. A heart and a life that declare, I put Jesus first. Look again at Psalm 27, where David writes, One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. My heart says of you, see his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. See what's going on here for David. Something's happening in his heart. There's a desire, there's a, there's a besottedness, an overwhelming urge just to be with God. I was away recently travelling with the ministry for almost two weeks. The ministry that God's got me involved in is such a blessing and such a delight, but each time I have to leave my wife, for me, it's an incredible sacrifice. You see, I love her. I want to be with her. When we go out together more often than not, we're wandering down the street or through the shopping mall hand in hand. There's a closeness and a desire we want to be together. That, in a sense is what's going on in David's heart for God. God, I just want to be close to you. I, I want to dwell in your house all the days of my life and gaze on your beauty and seek you in your temple. My heart says, seek his face and your face, Lord, I will seek. There it is. There's the heart of worship, a holy desire after God himself. Not his blessings, just God. Now, 
sometimes we feel like we've wandered off and we feel dry and we feel like we don't have that desire. We all go there some days. So stick with me because later on in the program, we are going to pray for the Spirit of God to light that flame in our hearts, the heart of worship. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, and you'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. All right, let's head back into God's Word now to take a look at how to choose the higher road in living the life of worship. We're talking today about making worship a way of life, not just some ritual, not just a few songs that we sing on Sunday. So far what we've seen is worship is about sacrifice, and there are two parts to that, what happens in our hearts and how that's reflected in our lives. We're going to talk a whole bunch more about that next week, connecting our faith with our day-to-day life realities. But I just want to kind of introduce that today with the story of two women, Mary and Martha. If you've got a Bible, grab it and open it up at Luke chapter 10, verse 38. This is what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where there was a woman named Martha who opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations she had made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, said the Lord, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I don't know what your life looks like, but but mine truly has more things in it than I have time to get through. This ministry, Christianity Works, is not just about writing and recording radio programs. It's all sorts of things. It's, it's seeing radio stations, producing material to go with messages, administration, fundraising, managing people, lots of things. Not to mention home and family and church and friends and rest and, and relaxation. The danger for me, as with many other people, is you get so busy with the urgent things that we don't have time for the important things. And the important things that, that we tend to squeeze out of our schedule our relationships, spending time with people, with, with family, with our wives and husbands. That's why so many marriages fall apart. And spending time at the feet of Jesus. That's why so many people end up drifting away from God. We delude ourselves 
Well, I'm out there. I'm busy. I'm serving God. That's what God wants from me. That's the most important thing. If I don't do all this, the world's going to cave in. I'm not suggesting that we become spiritual couch potatoes and do nothing. But have a listen to what happens here. Jesus comes to the house of Mary and Martha. Now, Martha is rushing around cleaning and cooking because they have a guest after all. The Son of God has come to visit. And her sister, Mary, is just sitting at Jesus' feet, listening, her heart being moved and changed and strengthened and encouraged. She's worshipping him. Martha says, that's not fair. She should be helping me. So what does Jesus answer? Absolutely. Mary, get off your backside. Stop being so lazy. Go and help. No. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about so many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it won't be taken away from her. Just one thing. A relationship with Jesus. Just one thing, listening to the word of God. Just one thing, worshipping Jesus. Looking and listening and being overcome with a desire just to sit at his feet. That's the heart of worship. It's a heart to want to bow down and just be with Jesus. The first commandment of the ten in Exodus chapter 20 is about worshipping God before all other things or people or idols or anything else in our lives. When Jesus is asked, what's the most important thing? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Are you dry? Are you saying, I want to do that, but but I just can't. I feel like God's a million miles away. I, I hear what you're saying, but... I don't have that desire in my heart. If that's you right now, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God in the name of Jesus that he would change that. Come on, let's pray together. Father, you know each one of us. You know where we are. You know the things we go through. You know how we get distracted like like Martha with all the cooking and the cleaning and, and the stuff we have to do in life. Father, forgive us for doing that and forgetting what it is just to just to sit quietly at your feet, to listen and to look and to desire and to enjoy you, to to have this desire like David, Lord, to just spend time in your house the rest of our days enjoying your beauty. Father, forgive us for getting so busy that we've forgotten to do that. And Lord, you know that we can't worship you in our own strength. We can't somehow conjure this up in our hearts father we believe that worship is a gift from you we believe father god that that when we came and accepted jesus as our lord and savior you put your spirit inside us that you yourself have come to dwell in us father we've wandered in these lowlands in these murky swamps for far too long we ask that your spirit would spark the desire in our hearts. We ask that your spirit would give us a heart for worship. And Lord, as you change our hearts by your spirit, 
We pray that that will be reflected in our lives. But first, Lord, start with our hearts. Change our hearts, O God, that we may truly be people of worship. Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't get me wrong. I love to go to church and to sing songs and to lift up praises and worship to God. It's one of the most wonderful things to join together with the people of God in worship. But, you know, if our hearts aren't right, if our minds are wandering, if we truly haven't established an intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ, before we walk into that, how can we worship God? This isn't a guilt trip. I believe God is calling each one of us to come back to him with a heart of worship and just the smallest bit of faith and just the smallest bit of desire is all that God needs to enliven our hearts and our spirits and our minds and our souls to worship him. To God be all the glory forever and ever. all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries around the world to live an authentic life in a rich, dynamic, powerful relationship with Jesus. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Now, each dollar that you give toward the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 will reach over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, that's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by giving us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I mentioned earlier. It's called Living an Authentic Life. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. And I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.